Happy holiday. This is KOTO Playhouse on the air. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings from KOTO Studio A in Telluride, Colorado, right here in the U.S. of A. I'm your host, Freddie Fillmore, and it is my pleasure to bring you your favorite stories this and every week on KOTO, the Purple House on the air. Tonight, we bring you a real feel-good heart warmer, perfect for any Christmas Eve. It's a wonderful life. We begin our story in the little town of Bedford Falls, New York, where a number of people in the town are praying for their dear friend, a typical American named George Bailey. Dear God, please look over my husband, George. George is a good boy. You know that. My son has always gone out of his way to give others a hand. Now it's him who needs the... Help my big brother, George. He's done so much for all of us. More for me than I remember. I remember all the times he would stay late after work and not ask a cent. The world needs more like George Bailey. George Bailey never thinks about himself. I wouldn't have a roof over my head if, if it, it wasn't, wasn't for him. him. I would have given up long ago. All I think about is myself. I must have taken his last cent. The voices carry heavenward, and Joseph, the superintendent of angels, summons Clarence, an apprentice angel. Uh, you sent for me, sir? Yes, Clarence. A man down on Earth needs our help. Uh, splendid. Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. At exactly 10.45 p.m. tonight, each time, that man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. Oh, dear. His life? Then I've only a, a half hour to dress. What you... are they wearing now? You will spend that half hour getting acquainted with George Bailey. Sir, if I should accomplish this mission, might I perhaps win my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now, and people are beginning to talk. What's that book you've got with you? Uh, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. <laughs> you do a good job with George Bailey, and we'll see about your wings. Thank you. If you're going to help George, you'll want to know a little something about him. Look, see the town? Why... Yes, a group of young boys sledding down a snow-covered hill and onto the ice. Yippee! Who's that? That's George Bailey when he was 12, back in 1919. Something happens here you'll have to remember later on. Here comes my scare baby, my kid brother, Harry Bailey. I'm not scared. Come on, you Harry. You Yippee! Help! Harry's fallen through the ice. I'm coming, Harry. Make a chain, gang. His brother fell through the ice, and George saved him. But the icy water gave George a bad ear. It was weeks before he could return to his after-school job at Old Man Gower's drugstore. It's me, Mr. Gower, George Bailey. Hey, you're late. Two cents worth of shoelaces, Violet. Please, Georgie. I like them. You like every boy. What's wrong with that? Here you are. Bye, Georgie. See you later, Mary. Made up your mind yet, Mary? I'll take... Chocolate. With coconuts? I don't like coconuts. You don't like coconuts? Say, Brainless, don't you know where coconuts come from? Look at here. From Tahiti, Fiji Islands, the Coral Sea. Is that a new magazine? I never saw it before. Of course you never. Only us explorers get it. I've been nominated for membership in the National Geographic Society. Let me get your ice cream. Is this the ear you can't hear on? George Bailey, I'll love you till the day I die. I'm going exploring someday. Well, see. George, you're not paid to be a canary. Goodbye, George. Goodbye, Mary. 
What was that piece of paper George just picked up? It's a telegram from Mr. Gower. He found out this morning that his son died of influenza, and he spent the afternoon drowning his grief in whiskey. Mr. Gower, do, do you need anything? No. I'll get them, sir. Take those capsules over to Miss Blaine's. They have the diphtheria there, haven't they? Oh, get going. Y yes, sir. M Mr. Gower, that bottle you used, you put something wrong in those capsules. Who do you think you're talking to? You're hurting my sore ear. Did you hear what I said? Get out of here. Mr. Gower, you don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. I know you got that telegram and you're upset, but but look at the bottle you used, Mr. Gower. It's it's poison. Poison? Don't don't hit my sore ear again. Poison? Oh, George, George. All I wanted to do was make sure, Mr. Gower, I won't ever tell a soul. Hope to die, I won't. Did he ever tell anyone about those pills? Not a soul. Did he ever marry that girl? Did he ever go exploring? We'll get there soon enough, Clarence. George grew up and wanted to go to college, but there just wasn't the money. So he worked four years in the Building and Loan Association. Building and Loan Association? George's father was in the building and loan business, along with George's uncle, Billy. George, what's the combination of the safe? We wrote it down so you wouldn't forget it. That's right. Where? Uh, who's that? That's Harry F. Potter, the richest and meanest man in all the county. Peter, Potter's here. Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey. There's nothing quite so loathsome as a family business now. Peter, you know I'm here for. I'm on a very tight schedule. A family to evict at 3 p.m. Uh, oh, okay then, Mr. Potter. Here's the thing. I just I need a little more time. I have to dig up that 5000 somehow. Have you put any pressure on those people of yours to pay their mortgages? Times are hard, Mr. Potter. A, a lot of people are out of work. Then foreclose. I, I can't do that. Those families have children. Are you running a business or a charity ward? Mr. Potter, what makes you such a hard-skulled character? You have no family, no children. You can't begin to spend all the money you've got. So I suppose I should give it mis to miserable failures, failures like you and your idiot brother of yours to spend for me. You can't call my father a failure. All right, son, thanks. Don't let him say that about you, Pop. What kind of business are you running here? George worked and saved enough to see him through the university. But first, he was going to Europe. Old man Gower surprised him with the gift of a great big suitcase. And on his way home from the store, he ran into his friend Ernie, the cab driver, and Bert, the cop. Hey, Ernie. Hiya, George. Hi, Bert. Hey, George. What's that suitcase for? I'm a rich tourist today. How about driving me home in style? Sure, your highness. Hop in the cab. And for the carriage trade, I puts my hat on. Good afternoon, Mr. Bailey. Looks like you're ready to get out of here. Hello, Violet. Hey, you look good. That's some dress. Oh, this old thing? Why well, only wear this when I don't care how I look? See you later. You want to come along, boy? We'll show you the town. Nah, thanks. Think I'll go home and see what the wife's doing. Family, Family man. man. That evening, George had dinner with his father. Boy, my last supper in the Bailey boarding house. We're sure gonna miss you, George. I, I wish I could send Harry to college with you. We all have that all figured out. Harry'll take my job at the building alone for four years. Then he'll go. He's pretty young for that job. No younger than I was. You were born older, George. I suppose you've decided what you're gonna do when you get out of college? What I've always talked about, building things. 
design new buildings, plan modern cities. It's just a hope, but uh, you wouldn't consider coming back to the building alone, would you? I know it's too early to talk about it. Oh, I couldn't face being cooped up for the rest of my life in that shabby little office. I'm sorry, Pop, I didn't mean that remark, but this business of spending all your life trying to figure out how to save those three cents and a length of pipe, I'd go crazy. I, I want to do something big and important. You know, George, I feel that in a small way we are doing something important. It's not too much for a man to want his own roof and walls and fireplace, and we're helping him to get those things in our shabby little office. I know, Dad, but most of my friends have already finished college. I just want to feel like if I don't get away, I'd, I'd, I'd bust. You're right, son. This town's no place to live if you aren't willing to crawl the potter. Get your education and get out of here. I'm glad you see what I'm talking about. Say, maybe I'll go say goodbye to Main Street. Last night in town and all. Have a good time, son. Hello, Georgie Porgy. Hello, Vi. Where are you going? Oh, I'll probably end up at the library. Don't you ever get tired of just reading about things? Yes. What are you doing tonight? Not a thing, Georgie. Are you game, Vi? Let's say we make a night of it. Oh, I'd love it, Georgie. What do we do? Let's go out into the fields and take off our shoes and, and walk in the grass. Huh? And then we can go up to, to Stewart Lake. It's, a, it's beautiful up there in the moonlight. And we can swim. And then we can climb Mount Bedford and, and smell the pines and watch the sunrise against the peaks. And we'll stay up there the whole night. And everybody will be talking and there will be a terrific scandal. George, have you gone crazy walking the grass in my bare feet? Why, it's ten miles up there to Mount Bedford. You think just because... Oh, George. Okay, just forget about the whole thing. Hee-haw! Forget about what, George? Oh, nothing, Sam. You remember Mary, don't you? Hi, George. Hi, Mary. You wouldn't mind walking Mary home, would you? Of course not. Is that okay with you, Mary? Fine by me. Great, thanks. Hee-haw! George walked Mary home. Is that important, Joseph? I'd say it is, because even though Mary lived only four blocks away, it took them two hours to get there. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? Come out tonight, come out tonight. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? And dance by the light of the moon. <laughs> Hot dog, oh boy, just like an organ. Gee whiz. Beautiful. You know something? If it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town. Well, why don't you say it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I will. Hey, look where we are. Oh, the old Granville house. Yeah, I gotta throw a rock. Oh, no, don't. I love that old house. Don't you know about deserted houses? You make a wish and then throw a rock. But, George, it's such a lovely old place. I wish I lived there. I wouldn't live there if I was a ghost. Now watch this. Pretty good shot, huh? Broke a window. What's your wish, George? Not one wish. A whole hat full, Mary. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and going to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build airfields and skyscrapers, a hundred stories high and bridges a mile long. Hey, hey, what, what are you, are you going to throw a rock to? That's, that's pretty good. What'd you wish for, Mary? Oh, no. If I tell you, it might not come true. What do you want, Mary? Do you want the moon? All you gotta do is just say the word, and I'll throw a lasso around it and, and, and pull it down. Okay. 
I'll take it. And then what? Then you could swallow it, and it, it all dissolves, see? And, and the moonbeams shoot out of your fingers and toes and, and, the, and the ends of your hair like, like, am I talking too much? Yes! Why did you kiss her instead of talking her to death? Well, who's that? Old man Collins on his front porch. Oh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Hey, hey, mister. Come back out here. I'll show you some kissing that'll put hair back on your head. George. Uncle Billy. George, get in the car quick. Your father's had a stroke. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got to go, Mary. George's father died that night, Clarence, so George couldn't go to Europe. That fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building and loan had a meeting. They were going to appoint a successor. I want the board to know that George gave up his trip to Europe to help straighten things out here these past few months, and it was greatly appreciated. I think that's all we need for you, George. Good luck to you at school. I know you're anxious to make a train. Yeah, I, I have a taxi waiting downstairs. <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, I'd like to get to my real purpose. I claim this institution is not necessary to this town. Therefore, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion to dissolve the building and loan. <laughs> dissolve it? Quiet down. It's too soon after Peter Bailey's death to discuss chloroforming the building and loan. His faith and devotion are responsible for this organization. I'll go further than that. I'll say Peter Bailey was was the building and loan. Oh, that's fine, Potter, coming from you, considering you drove him to his grave. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. That's what killed him. He was a man of high ideals without common sense. And what does that get us but a discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class? All because a few starry-eyed dreamers like Peter Bailey stir them up and fill their heads with a lot of impossible hooey. Now, I say just, we have to... Just a minute, Mr. Potter. You're right when you say my father was no businessman. Why he ever started this building alone, I'll, I'll never know. But you can't say anything against his character. Why, in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. But he did a lot of help to a few people to get you, get him out of your slums. Mr. Potter, just remember that this rabble you're talking about do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? My father sure didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. In my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. Well, I've said too much. You're the board. You do what you want with this thing. But remember, this town needs this measly one-horse institution of only to have some place where people can come without crawling to Potter. Come on, Uncle Billy. Sentimental hogwash. I want my motion. They're just coming out of the board meeting. I'll have to call you back. What happened, George? All we heard was yelling. Boy, oh boy, Matilda, you should have heard George. Yeah, they're voting us down in there. <clears throat> they're putting us out of business. So what? I can get another job. I'm only 52. You're 58. Uh, George, they voted Potter down. Whoopee! We're still in business! Under the one condition that you take your father's place, George. 
I'm going to college. Uncle Billy's here. He's your man. You can keep him on. That's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to school. This is my last chance. But they'll vote with Potter otherwise. So George Bailey didn't go to college. That's right, Clarence. He gave his college money to his brother instead and waited four years for Harry to come back and take over the building and loan. Then he could see the world. There she blows. Say, Uncle Billy, you know what the three most wonderful sounds on Earth are? Breakfast is served, lunch is served, dinner is served. Anchor chains, plane motors, and train whistles. Here's the professor now. Well, if it isn't George Geographic Explorer Bailey, Uncle Billy, you haven't changed a bit. Oh, am I glad to see you. Where's Mother? She's home cooking the fatted calf. Come on, let's go. Oh, wait. Uh, this is Ruth Dakin. Ruth Dakin Bailey, if you do not mind. I wired you. I had a surprise. Here she is. Meet the wife. Well, what do you know? Wife. Congratulations, Harry. Why didn't you tell somebody? What a pretty girl do, like her doing with you. Marrying this two-hearted brother of mine. It's purely mercenary. My father offered him a job. Oh, he gets you and a job? Harry's cup runneth over. Come on, Ruth. Let's start ahead and leave the bags for the fellas. All right. Hey, George, about that job. I never said I'd take it. You've been holding the bag here for four years, and I won't let you down. And that night, the homecoming for Harry became his wedding party. Uncle Billy familiarized himself with the spirits. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I feel so good I can spit in Potter's eye. I think I will. What do you say? Maybe I should go home. If you just point me the right direction. Right, right down there. That way? Okay, building alone, pal. See you later. I'm all right. I'm all right. George? Out here on the porch, Mother. Well, how do you like your new sister-in-law? She's swell. Looks like she'll keep Harry on his toes. Yeah, keep him out of Bedford Falls, anyway. George, do you know Mary Hatch is back from school? Yeah. Nice girl, Mary. The kind of girl who will help you find all the answers. Uh-huh. Give me one good reason you shouldn't call on her. Well, Sam Rainwright. Sam's crazy about her. Well, she's not crazy about him. Well, how do you know that? Did she discuss it with you? Besides, Sam is in New York, and you're here in Bedford Falls. And all's fair in love and war? Well, I don't know about war. All right, Mother. I think I'll go out and find the girl and do a little passionate necking. Oh, George. Bye, Mrs. Bailey. By the way, do you want any books at the library? The library? George, you go see and you go and see Mary, you hear? Hello, George. Hello, Mary. I, I just happened to be passing by. <laughs> your mother just phoned and said you were on your way. My mother just called you? How did she know? I, I just went for a walk and happened to be passing by. When did you get back? Tuesday. Would you like to come in? Well, I guess since I'm here. Where'd you get that dress? Do you like it? It's all right. I thought you'd go back to New York with Sam and the rest of them. Oh, I worked a couple of vacations, but I don't know. I guess I was homesick. Homesick for Bedford Falls? Yes. And my family and... Oh, everything. I still can't understand it, though. I didn't tell anybody. I, w I was just coming here. Would you rather leave? Oh, uh, I don't want to be rude. It was nice about Harry and Ruth, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's all right. Well, don't you like her? 
Well, well, of course I like her. She's a peach. It's just marriage in general you're not enthusiastic about. No. Marriage is okay for Harry and Sam and you. Mary, who are you talking to? It's George Bailey, mother. George Bailey? What does he want? I don't know. What do you want, George? Me? Not a thing. I, I, I just come in to get warm. He's making violent love to me, mother. You tell him to go right back home. Sam Wainwright promised to call from New York tonight, didn't he? Your mother needn't... I didn't come here for... What to... did you come here for? Well, you're supposed to be the one that has all the answers. You tell me. Oh, why don't you go home? Oh, that's where I'm going. Mary, the telephone. It's Sam. I'll get it. Hee-haw. Hello, Sam. How are you? Oh, great. Gee, it's good to hear your voice again. Oh, well, that's awfully sweet of you, Sam. There's an old friend of yours here, George Bailey. You mean old Mossback George? Hee-haw! Put him on! Wait a minute. I'll call him. George? He doesn't want to speak to George. He asked for him. George, Sam wants to speak to you. Hello, Sam. Hey, a fine pal you are. What, are you trying to steal my girl? N nobody's trying to steal your girl. I want to talk to both of you. Tell Mary to get on the extension. Mother's on the extension. I am not. We can both hear you. George, put your head a little closer. Uh, okay. There. That's better. We're listening, Sam. I have a big deal coming up that's going to make us all rich. Hey, uh, George, remember that night at Martini's Bar when you told me about making plastics out of soybeans? Huh, yeah, soybeans. Well, my father's checked into it and wants to build a factory outside of Rochester. How do you like that? Why Rochester? Well, why not? Can you think of anything better? Why not right here in Bedford Falls? You remember that old tool and machine reworks? You tell your father he can get that for a song and all the labor he wants, too. And half the town was thrown out of work when they closed down. That's so. Well, that sounds great. Now, here's the point. George, I may have a job for you. That is, unless you are still married to that old broken-down building alone. Oh, uh, Mary? I'm here. I'd tell that guy I'm giving him a chance of a lifetime. He says it's the chance of a lifetime. Give me that phone. Now you listen to me, Mary. I don't want any plastics, and I don't want any job, and I don't want to get married ever to anyone. Do you understand that? I want to do what I want to do, and you're going to, you're going to... Oh, Mary. George. Oh, Mary, I love you. George, I love you too. George and Mary were married. Following the wedding and reception, George's old pal Ernie, the cab driver, drove the happy couple to the train station. Where are you two off to on this year honeymoon? We're gonna shoot the works. A whole week in New York, and then Bermuda. The highest hotels, the oldest champagne, the richest caviar, the hottest music, and the prettiest wife. Here's the kitty, Ernie. $2,000. I feel like a bootlegger's wife. Finally getting out of Bedford Falls, huh? Then what? Well, then what, honey? After that, who cares? Hey, George, there's something funny going on over there. Look over there at the bank. It looks like a run. Pull over a minute, will you, Ernie? George, let's not stop. Please, let's just go straight to the station. Wait a minute. I better see what it is. I'll be right back. What is this? Uncle Billy, a holiday? Why are the doors locked? There's a crowd out front. This is a pickle, George. What happened? The bank called her loan and I had to hand out all our cash. All of it? Every last cent of it. 
Holy mackerel. And then I got scared, George. Open the doors. Let him in. I need my money right now. No, 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 no. Just remember, this thing isn't as bad as black as it looks. Where's our money, George? You're thinking of this place all wrong. The money's not here. Your money's in people's houses. In the Kennedy house. In the McLaren house. And a hundred others. Now, what are you going to do? Foreclose on them? I got $242 in here, and, and $242 isn't going to break anybody. All right, Charlie. You'll, you'll get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. I got my money. Old man Potter's taking over the bank. He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar. If Potter gets a hold of your shares, he'll own this building and loan. He's got the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores, and now he's after us because he wants to keep you living in his, in his shacks, paying the kind of rent he decides to charge. Now, we can get through this all right, but we've got to have faith in each other. My husband's out of work, and we need money. I've got doctor bills to pay. How much do you need? We've got $2,000 from the wedding. Hey, Mary, I, I, I've got $2,000 here. This will tide us over until the bank reopens, all right? Charlie. How much do you need? $242. Oh, Charlie, just enough to tide you over. I'll take $242. Okay, Uncle Billy, give Charlie $242, all right? Ed, now how much do you need to get by? $20, I suppose. Now we're talking. Mrs. Thompson, how about you? But it's your own money, George. Never mind that. How much, Mrs. Thompson? Could I have $1,750? Seven, bless your heart, of course you can have it. Uncle Billy, give her $17.50. Pay it back when you can, all right? Who's next? Look at the clock. Look. Five seconds, four seconds, three, two, one, six o'clock. We made it. Look at that. Lock that door, Uncle Billy. We're still in business. Bailey Brothers, building in, wait, just a minute. George, there's a call for you. Look, will you get my wife on the phone, please? She's probably over at her mother's. Mrs. Bailey's on the phone. I don't want to talk to Mrs. Bailey. I want to talk to my wife. Uh, oh, wait. But, oh, yeah, that's my wife. Oh, Mary? Hi. Hello. Listen, dear, I'm sorry. What? Come home. What home? 320 Sycamore. Well, what? Whose home is that? The Waldorf Hotel, huh? That doesn't look like the Waldorf. Oh, no. Number 320 Sycamore was the old Granville house. The one George and Mary threw rocks at and made wishes. Mary had prepared the house, including a turkey dinner, romantic decorations, and even a marriage bed. Welcome home, Mr. Bailey. Well, I'll be. Remember the night we broke the windows in this old house? This is what I wished for. Darling, you're wonderful. Yes, sir. Then that's where they spent their honeymoon. That's where they started their lives together. Mary made that leaky old house a home while George toiled away at the building and loan office. Oh, gee, Mary Hatch, why in the world would you ever marry a guy like me anyway? <laughs> to keep from being an old maid. I was going to give you the moon, but what have I given you? Not even a new dress. Not for months. You could have married Sam Wainwright, anybody else in town. I didn't want to marry anybody else in town. I want my baby to look like you. You didn't even have a honeymoon. I promise you... What? My baby. You mean, Mary, you're on the nest? <laughs> George Bailey lassos the stork. 
Well, Mary had her baby, a boy. You don't say. Then she had a girl. Night after night, George would come home late from the office. Things weren't good with the building loan. Potter was bearing down hard. Then came the war. Mary had another baby by then, but still had time to run the USO. Gower and Uncle Billy sold war bonds. Violet entertained the troops. Bert the cop was wounded in North Africa, got a silver star. Ernie, the taxi driver, parachuted into France. But Harry Bailey topped them all. A Navy flyer, he shot down 15 planes, two of them as they were about to crash into a transport full of soldiers. But what about George? 4F on account of his ear. George fought the Battle of Bedford Falls. Air raid warden, paper drives, scrap drives, rubber drives. On VE day, he wept and prayed. On VJ day, he wept and prayed again. We're getting pretty close to today, aren't we, sir? Yes, Clarence. You know now almost everything you have to know about George Bailey, except what happened that finds him down there at the moment wanting to die. Today's the day before Christmas, and Billy's at the bank to make a deposit when he runs into Potter. Well, 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 Mr. Harry F. Potter, come to the bank to deposit some more loot. How do you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? Harry Bailey wins Congressional Medal of Honor. Let me see that paper. Here you go. Go on and keep it. I'm off to make a deposit. Good morning, Mr. Bailey. Good morning, Horace. Here you are, deposit slip, bank book, and a very Merry Christmas to you. Uh, you too, Mr. Bailey. You want to make a deposit? <laughs> well, certainly. Well, it's customary to bring the money with you. It's gone! Where'd I put it? Where'd I put the money? A terrible thing, Clarence. Uncle Billy couldn't find the money because the envelope with the $8,000 was folded up in that newspaper he gave old man Potter. At the same time as Billy started looking for the deposit, Violet came to visit George at the building and loan. Hello. Hello, Vi. What's wrong? Oh, you see right through me, don't you? How much do you need? I hate doing to th this to you, George, but I won't be asking any more after this. You plan on robbing a bank, Vi? I'm going to Manhattan. What's in Manhattan? Why, everything's in Manhattan. A new start, at least. That's a big step, Vi. What's the matter with starting a new life right here in Bedford Falls? Well, I'll be. Never thought I'd hear that from you, George Bailey. I thought you hated this place. I did. But this town has a, a charm of its own. I've made a decision. There's a midnight train tonight, and I plan to be on it. Takes a lot of character to leave your hometown and start all over again. Here's some dough. No, George, don't. Wait, what do you want to do? Hawk your furs and that hat? Want to walk to New York? You know that they charge for meals and rent there just the same as they do in Bedford Falls. Yeah, sure. It's a loan. That's my business. Building and loan. Besides, you'll get a job. Good luck to you. I'm glad I know you, George Bailey. Merry Christmas. George! What's the matter, Uncle Billy? The money, the 8000 I, I don't know. What? Uncle Billy, what happened to it? I, I thought I had it. I just don't know what happened. Well, the first place you look is in your coat pocket. I, I told you to put it there when you left. Oh, I'm no good to you, George. I'm no good. Uncle Billy, you've got to find that money. Think. I can't think anymore, George. It hurts. Where's that money, you stupid, silly old fool? Do you, do you, do you realize what this means? It means bankruptcy and, and, and scandal and, and, and prisoners. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Hi, Daddy! 
Hello, darling. Where's your coat and hat? Left them at the office. Oh, isn't it wonderful about Harry? We're famous, George. I bet I had about 50 calls today on the parade and the banquet. M must she keep playing that? I have to practice for the party tonight, Daddy. Right, Mom says we can stay up until midnight and sing Christmas carols. Yeah, better hurry and shave. The families will be here soon. Families? I, I don't want any families over here. Excuse me. Have a hectic day? Oh, yeah, another big red-letter day for the Baileys. Daddy, uh, the Browns next door have a new car. Uh, you should see it. Well, what's the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you? Yes, Daddy. Excuse me, excuse me. Excuse you for what? I burped. All right, darling, you're excused. Now go upstairs and see what little Zuzu wants. What's the matter with Zuzu? Oh, she caught a cold coming home from school. They gave her a flower and she didn't want to crush it, so she didn't button up her coat. The doctor says it's nothing serious. W was the doctor here? I called him right away. Is she running a temperature? Just a teensy one. Gosh, it's this old house. I don't know why we don't all have pneumonia. This drafty old barn might as well be living in a, in a refrigerator. Why do we have to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old town? George, what's wrong? Everything's wrong. You call this a happy family? Why do we have to have all these kids? Dad, how do you spell frankincense? I don't know. Ask your mother. Where are you going? Up to see Zuzu. Hi, Daddy. Well, what happened to you? I want a flower. Where do you think you're going? Want to give my flower a drink. Here, give Daddy the flower. I'll give it a drink. Look, Daddy, some of the petals came off. Paste it. Oh, all right, now. There it is, good as new. Give the flower a drink. N now, will you try to get some sleep? I'm not sleepy. I want to look at my flower. I know, but you just... Just go to sleep, and then you can dream about it, and it'll be a whole garden. It will? Uh-huh. Telephone! Hold on. I'll get it. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Bailey. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. The doctor says she'll be out of bed in time for her Christmas dinner. Is that Zuzu's teacher? Yes. Let me speak to her. Hello, Mrs. Welch. This is George Bailey. Say, what kind of teacher are you anyway? What, what do you mean sending her home like that, half-naked? Uh, George! Is this the sort of thing we pay taxes for? To have teachers like you, silly, stupid, careless people, who send our kids home without any clothes on? Now oh, that's stupid. Uh, hello, Mrs. Welch. I want to apologize for it. She hung up. I'll hang her up. Who do you think you are? Hello? Oh, who's this? Oh, Mr. Welch. That's fine, Mr. Welch. Gives me a chance to tell you what I really think of your wife. George! Will you let me handle this? Hello? Oh, you will, huh? Okay. Mr. Welch, anytime you think you're man enough. Hello? Oh. Dad, how do you spell hallelujah? What do you think I am, a dictionary? Janie, haven't you learned that silly tune yet? You've played it over and over and over again. Now stop it, stop it! George, what are you doing? I'm sorry, Mary. Janie, I didn't mean... You go on and practice. Pete, I owe you an apology, too. What did, what did you want to know? Nothing, Daddy. What's the matter with everybody? Janie, go on. I told you to go practice. Go on, play. Oh, Daddy. George, why must you torture the children? Why don't you... Mary. Where's Daddy going? Bedford 247, please. Is Daddy in trouble? Yes, Pete. Shall I pray for him? Yes, Janie. Pray. Very hard. Me too. You too, Tommy. 
Hello, Uncle Billy? So that's it, George. You're short $8,000? I'll pay you any sort of interest, Mr. Potter, if you still want that building and loan. You say it was lost. Did you notify the police? No, I haven't. With Barry's, with Harry's homecoming tomorrow. Why come to me? Why not go to Sam Wainwright? I can't get a hold of him. He's in Europe. What kind of security would I have, George? I have a $15,000 life insurance policy. How much is your equity in it? $500. And you want $8,000? used to be so cocky. You were going to go out and conquer the world. You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. What are you but a warped, frustrated young man, crawling in here on your hands and knees for help? You're worth more dead than you are alive. I'll do anything, Mr. Potter. Please help me. You know what I'm going to do for you? As a stockholder of the building and loan, I'm calling the state examiner to get a warrant for your arrest. Misappropriation of funds. Manipulation. Malfeasance. Go on and run. You can't hide in a little town like this. <laughs> a Merry Christmas. I'm glad you come. Oh, give me some of that yeah, meatball. Yeah, Make it a double. Delicious. Uh, where's George, sir? After running out of Potter's office, George ended up at Martini's bar. He had a couple of drinks and is just sitting there. Oh, what's he saying? Shh. Dear Father in Heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. Are you all right, George? Why do you drink so much, my friend? You don't feel good? Please go home, Mr. Bailey. Bailey? Which Bailey? This gentleman is Mr. George, George Bailey. George Bailey, huh? The next time you talk to my wife like that, you'll get worse. It isn't enough she slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write. You've got to brawl ball her out. You get out of here, Mr. Welch. You hit him my best friend. All right. Mr. Bailey, you okay? Who was that? I asked Mr. Welch. But don't worry. He don't come in this place no more. I get you something for your face. It's bleeding. Oh, I'm all right. Uh, please don't go away, Mr. Bailey. Please don't. George is headed to the bridge now, Clarence. Can you see him? He looks like he's going to jump. It's time, Clarence. Help! Help me! I can't swim! Hold it, mister. I'm coming. What in the Sam Hill are you two doing? Now get out of that water. Hey, are you two all right? You need a doctor? No, I'm all right. I'm fine. This underwear, I didn't have time to get anything stylish. My wife gave me this on my last birthday. I passed away in it. Passed away? Oh, I see Tom Sawyer is drying out, too. Who? My book. I left in such a hurry. I brought Tom Sawyer with me. You should read the new book Mark Twain is working on. How'd you, how'd you happen to fall in? I jumped in, so you wouldn't go through with it. Go through with what? Jumping from a bridge. What? I had to act quickly. 
That's why I jumped in. I knew if I were drowning, you would try to save me. And you did. That's how I saved you. Very funny. Your lip's bleeding, George. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer. Oh, no, George. I'm the answer to your prayer. How, how do you know my name? I know all about you. What are you, mind reader or something? Oh, no. <laughs> my name's Clarence. Oddbody. A-S-2. Oddbody? A-S-2? What is that A-S-2? Angel second class. Hey, look here. Why'd you want to save me? Because I'm your guardian angel. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for eight thousand dollars. How do you know things like that? I'm your guardian angel. Well, you look about the kind of angel I'd get. Sort of fallen angel, aren't you? What happened to your wings? I haven't won my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class. But you can help me earn them by letting me help you. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you. Oh, no. We don't use money in heaven. Comes in pretty handy down here, Bob. Found out a little late. I'm worth more dead than alive. I won't get my wings with that attitude. You just don't know all that you've done. If it hadn't been for you, why... Uh, if it uh, hadn't been for me, everybody would be a lot better off. My wife, my kids, my friends. Hmm. This isn't going to be easy. They'd all be better off if I hadn't been born. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never George, been born. George, that's wonderful. Wonderful? The idea you just gave me. That'd do it. Okay. There. Uh, you've got your wish. You've never been born. Never been born? Exactly. No worries. No $8,000 to get. Nothing. You simply don't exist. Wait a minute. Say something else in this ear of mine. That's right. You can hear out of it. Don't you see? You're a... Well, you're nobody. Oh, that's the doggonest thing. Your lips stopped bleeding too, George. What do you know? What happened? I need a drink. What about you, Angel? You want a drink? Well, I don't know. I, I Come on. Don't drink on we'll go as soon as our clothes are dry. Our clothes are dry? That stove is hotter than I thought. Well, look. Let's get dressed, and we'll stroll over to Martini's, and, and excuse me, I'll, I'll stroll you fly. I haven't got my wings. Uh, I want a double. Yeah, fill her up there. Nick, what are you There's a place to sit down. Welcome to the best bar in Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls? Don't you mean Pottersville? Pottersville? Hey, where's Martini, your boss? Look, I'm the boss. You want a drink or don't you? Okay, all right. Double bourbon. Quick, huh? What's yours, bub? I was just thinking of mulled wine, heavy on the cinnamon, light on the cloves. Uh, off with you, my lad. Be lively. Look, mister, we serve hard drinks in here for men who want to get drunk fast, and we don't need any characters around here to give this joint atmosphere. Now just give him the same as I ordered. He's okay. Do double bourbon. What is it about this place? It seems to have changed. <laughs> All of Bedford Falls has changed. You're having your wish, George. You've never been born. There'll be lots of things you've never seen before. Oh, good. Somebody's just made it. Every time you hear a bell ring, 
It means that some angels just got his wings. What did you say? Clarence, you better not talk about angels around here. Uh, don't they believe in angels? Maybe they believe in them, but you know. So why should they see, be surprised when they see one? Don't mind him, Nick. He never grew up. How old are you anyway, Clarence? At 293, uh, next May, when I have my birthday. That does it. Out you two pixies go through the door or through the window. Well, 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 look who crawled out from under whatever hole he's been hiding in. Hey, it's Mr. Gower. Didn't I tell you to never come panhandling around here? Mr. Gower, this is George Bailey. Don't you know me? Buy me a drink, mister. Just one drink, mister. Binky, throw that rummy out. You got it, boss. Hey, Nick, isn't that Mr. Gower, the druggist? That rumhead spent 20 years in jail for poisoning some kid. If you don't know him, you must be a jailbird yourself. Binky, here's two more. Get them out of here. You got it, boss. <laughs> hey, who's going to know? What's wrong with Mr. Gower? He doesn't know you, George. You weren't there to stop him from putting the poison into that prescription. What do you mean I wasn't there? What are you, a, a hypnotist? Why am I seeing all these strange things here? It's because you were never born. Then if I wasn't born, who am I? Nobody. You have no identity. What do you mean? My name's George Bailey. There is no George Bailey. You have no papers, no cards, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy, no uh, retirement Zuzu's petals. My little girl. Some petals fell off her flower. I told her I'd fix it and stuck them into my pocket. But, but they're gone, too. Everything's gone. You've been given a great gift, George. The chance to see the world. What the world would be like without you. You're crazy as a bed bug, and you're driving me crazy, too. Now, leave me alone. I'm going home to my wife and family. You know the drill. Hands behind your back, sister. Why don't you bust somebody else for a change? Hey, officer, where did the building and loan move to? The building and what? The Bailey Building and Loan. It was, it was in that building. They went out of business years ago. Now all that's left is this burlesque house. Not so fast, Copper. I know Potter. Hey, Violet. Hey, that's Violet Dick. Believe me, I know. I know that girl. Who doesn't? Now get out of our way. Taxi. Hey, Ernie. Take me home. I'm going off my nut. Where do you live? Doggone it, Ernie. Don't you start pulling that stuff. You know where I live. 320 Sycamore. Now hurry up. Okay, 320 Sycamore. Ernie, straighten me out here. I've got some bad liquor or something. Listen to me. Now, you're Ernie Bishop, and, and you live in Bailey Park with your wife and kids, right? You seen my wife? Seen your wife? I've been to your house a hundred times. What's the idea? I live in a shack in Potter's Field, and my wife ran away three years ago and took the kid. And I ain't never seen you before in my life. Okay, just step on it. Just get me home. Is this the place? Of course it's the place. This here house ain't been lived in for 23 years. Mary, Pete, Tommy, Janie, Zuzu, I'm home. They're not here, George. You have no children. What have you done with them, Clarence? All right. Put your hands up, both of you. No fast moves. Bert, thank you. Thank heaven you're here. Bert, what's happened to this house? Where's Mary and my kids? Come with me. I'm going to take you down to the station. Bert, listen to me. That fellow there says he's an angel. Don't make me have to use my nightstick. Bert, I hate to do this, but... 
Run, George! Run! Mom Bailey's boarding house. Mother? Mother? What do you want? M Mother, I'm George. I, I, th I thought sure you'd remember me. If you're looking for a room, there's no vacancy. Mother, please try to understand. Something's happened to me, and I need a place to stay. Please let me stay here. I don't take in strangers. I'm not a stranger. I know everybody you know. Your brother-in-law, Uncle Billy. When did you see him last? Today, over at, the, at his house. That's a lie. He's been in the insane asylum since he lost his business. And if you ask me, that's where you belong. I'm here again, George. My own mother didn't even know me. One man's life touches so many others. When he isn't around, he leaves a pretty big hole, doesn't he? Look, you. I've heard of things like this before. You've got me under some kind of spell. Well, I'm going to snap out of it. Now, let me think. Bailey Park. There is no Bailey Park if you weren't here to build it. We'll see. Say, what, what's this graveyard doing here where Bailey Park is supposed to be? Look at that gravestone. Why, is my brother Harry's name here? Harry broke through the ice and drowned at age nine. That's a lie. Harry Bailey went to war. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the life of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? What happened to Mary Clarence? I'm not supposed to tell you, George. I don't know how you know the things you do, but please, just, just let me see her. Where is she? You're not going to like it, George. She's an old maid. What? Where is she? She's just about to close up the library. There must be some easier way to earn my wings. Is the library closed? It's Christmas Eve. We can't stay open all night. M Mary, I I'm sorry. How do you know my name? Please, just two minutes. That's all I need. You sound desperate. I'll help if I can. What is it? Isn't this town Bedford Falls? It used to be. But then Potter was elected and renamed the town Pottersville. Mary Hatch, you live in a white Victorian on Reed Street with your mother, and you have an older brother named Marty. How do you know all this? Get your hands off me. I'll call a cop. Don't, don't you know me? You must, Mary. It's George. Oh, don't do this to me. Where are our kids? I need you, Mary. Get away from me. Help, please. It's George. Please, Mary. You're my wife. <laughs> Help me, Clarence. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Only get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. I, I want to live again. Oh, God, please let me live again. George. Is that you, George? Bert. You come any closer and I'll hit you again. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? George? Bert, you know me? Know you? I've been looking all over town for you. I I'm alive again, Bert. You sure are you all right? Your mouth's bleeding. Well, so it is. My mouth's bleeding. Zuzu's petals. There they are. What do you know about that? Merry Christmas, Bert. Get in the car. I'll drive you home. 
Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Hey, Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building and loan. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. Merry Christmas, George. Go home. The sheriff's waiting for you. Mary, I'm home. What is this? Merry Christmas, everyone. George, I've got a little paper here. I'll bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't that wonderful? Merry Christmas. Daddy, Merry Christmas, Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, Kids, Pete, Janie, Tommy, Ikeji, eat you up. Where's your mother? She went looking for you with Uncle Billy. George, darling, where have you been? Oh, George. Mary, you're real. You have no idea what's happened. You have no idea what's happened either. Come on, George, quick. They're on their way. Well, who's on their way? The, the police department? The FBI? The National Guard? Let them all in. I'm alive, Mary. I can't believe it. This is Merry Christmas. Now, you stand right over here by the tree and don't move. George, it's a miracle. Come in, Uncle Billy. Everybody in here. Isn't it wonderful? Mary did it, George. She told a few people you were in trouble, and they scattered all over town collecting money. They didn't ask any questions. She just said, if George is in trouble, you can count on me. You never saw anything like it. Uh, here you go. Uh, $242. Merry Christmas. I busted the jewelry box, too. Oh, Mr. Gower. I made the round of my charge accounts. Violet Pick. I'm not going to go, George. I changed my mind. I've been saving this money for a divorce. If I ever get a husband. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Oh, quiet, everybody, quiet. A telegram from London. Oh, London. Mr. Gower cables that you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Hee haw and Merry Christmas. Stop. <laughs> Sam Wainwright. Let's <laughs> go. like I got here too late. Harry, how about your banquet in Bosch? I left as soon as I got Mary's telegram. How about some wine? Good idea. A toast to my big brother George, the richest man in town. <laughs> What's this book, George? Tom Sawyer. Look, there's an inscription. George, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings. Love, Clarence. What's that? Oh, a Christmas present from a very dear old friend of mine. Look, Daddy. Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Well, that's right, honey. That's right. boy, Clarence. Should old acquaintance be forgot This has been KOTO Purple House on the Air's presentation of It's a Wonderful Life. Please stay tuned for a program of popular holiday music. Coming up next, this is Freddie Fillmore signing off for KOTO and Telluride and wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Good night, everybody.